0: if you're interested in breaking into the legal field, especially with respect to helping survivors of sexual assault, then this is the episode for you, because my next guest is a lawyer and coordinating attorney at the New York Legal Assistance Group's Legal Health Division. But before I introduce you to Samantha Quebec, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays, and it's got unique insights into dozens of different industries from the professionals who are actually working in them. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Samantha Kubik, a coordinating attorney with the Veterans Initiative within the New York Legal Assistance Group's Legal Health Division. For those who may not be familiar with the New York Legal Assistance Group, also known as NYLAG or NILAG, for the last 30 years, their dedicated staff has worked tirelessly to amplify the voices of individuals and communities experiencing poverty, and to provide the highest quality, free legal services to those who need an attorney. Samantha's focus is specifically on helping female veterans access veterans' health care and benefits. In an article she wrote in 2017, Samantha cited data that estimated there had been over 70,000 sexual assaults in 2016. That included 8,600 women and 6,300 men. Many of these survivors had been assaulted repeatedly. Samantha has written and spoken widely about military sexual trauma known as MST. Samantha, welcome to
1: Time for
0: Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I absolutely am. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I am
0: so looking forward to digging into this with you. And Of course, this is very heavy stuff, and we should let our listeners know that if they want to learn more about what you are doing now in your role as a coordinating attorney with the Veterans Initiative, working with female veterans who've experienced sexual trauma, they should check out show notes to see if your main time for coffee interview has already dropped. And in addition, in this Espresso Shots episode, we're going to dig into how our young listeners can get into this part of the legal field. And maybe I should have even included a warning higher up that we may get into what some may consider to be graphic or disturbing subject matters. And and if this is going to be too much for our listeners, this would probably be a good time to click off. So with that, Samantha, let's dive into our 10 espresso shots the first question being, what entry level jobs are available to young people who are interested in breaking into this field?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, it's a little tricky with the legal field because to do the work of a lawyer, of course, it would require a bit higher level degrees and things like that. But for example, we have paralegals in our office who are just graduated from college, who are getting the experience of working alongside our clients, seeing the things they are going through and the legal issues that are causing difficulty in their lives, and really get a sense of what the day-to-day work is really like.
0: Got it. And I know when you were in law school, of course, that requires an advanced degree and you're getting the advanced degree, you were a legal intern in various capacities, working for different, whether it was New York Legal Assistance Group, where you work now, but you were working on the matrimonial and family law unit. You also worked for Her Justice, and you were also a research assistant.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All of which were very important jobs to helping me Get a sense of what issues my clients might be facing, how to do the job that I do every day now, how to be a good lawyer, how to be a good advocate. And I would say even there may be listeners who are curious about this type of work from outside of strictly being a lawyer. And there's plenty of advocacy work to be done out there and organizations that do policy and advocacy work that may not require that legal degree. I interned with Amnesty International working on issues of sexual assault and things like that. So there are options both within and outside of the strictly legal profession.
0: Great point. Thank you so much. Samantha, what is a useful hard or soft skill or useful skills that fall into those buckets that
1: you look for in the young people that you hire? I think first and foremost, being a good listener and taking the time to listen to not only what your client says, but what others in the room are saying and understanding. I think there's a myth often that lawyers have all the answers, but I think the best lawyers are the ones who know they don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I also think empathy is very important. Communication skills, both written and verbal, are very important and writing skills in general.
0: Excellent. What about someone's major as an undergrad? Is it a deciding factor to get into this field? And in other words, if they haven't studied, I don't know, women's studies or health-related issues or psychology, is it a deal-breaker?
1: Absolutely not. I did not study any of those topics that you uh <laughs> mentioned, or I didn't major in them, I should say. I have seen lawyers in my field who majored in sort of what one might expect for a lawyer, such as English or poli sci. But I've seen lawyers who majored in biology or physics. So I, I don't think your major is at all a limiting factor at all.
0: Excellent. Now, We know the answer to this next question. How important is it to have a grad school degree in order to succeed in this field? But I am curious. Yes, of course, if you want to be a lawyer, you need a legal degree. But are there any other masters or any other advanced degrees, Samantha, that you think would be interesting to pursue that would be useful to have?
1: I think I would say yes, and it would be a master's of social work. I think that so much of what public interest lawyers, and particularly those in engaged in what's called direct services, which is when you are interacting with clients, is it's very close to social work. There, there are absolutely different roles for a social worker and a lawyer. But having that understanding, having that added bit of education when it comes to relationships and how people respond to things like trauma are all skills that are hugely important. And I'm always slightly jealous when I see lawyers who got both, you know, their MSW and their JD.
0: Mm, Okay. And that makes an awful lot of sense. What about life experiences, Samantha? And you and I have had a wonderful conversation before we started this interview a number of weeks ago. And in it, you shared your personal experience with me. What do you think in terms of life experiences that our young listeners might be surprised to hear about that would be useful for someone starting out in this field of helping survivors of sexual assault in the legal space?
1: So I think there are tons of life experiences that could benefit you in this field that you wouldn't necessarily think of or expect. I think that times when you have had a job or an experience, it could be in school or at home, where you are responsible for balancing a lot of different things at once, you are learning skills that will be very helpful as a lawyer, balancing many, many cases and many different clients and their needs and their wants. And I think any kind of customer service related job someone might have had can be hugely important. Waitressing, baristaing, retailing, all jobs where you're having interactions with people you are probably making some mistakes and having to figure out what to do once you've made them. You might be being held responsible for things that are completely out of your control. I know I worked in retail and I would be yelled at about the store's policies, which I had no control over at all. Which I think of often when as a lawyer, my clients are very angry at me that the law works the way that it does. And I think more than anything else, having something that drives you, something that has brought you to want to do this work, whether it might be your personal experience with these kind of topics, with these issues, or a friend or a family member's experience with them, or maybe not specifically with sexual assault, but maybe working with people who have been harmed by some sort of system. Because in this type of work, they're going to be days that will suck. There are going to be days that are hard and you need a reason to push through on those days. So
0: in other words, like what fuels you and it probably helps. And this is sort of where I was going with the way that I was teeing things up. You are a survivor yourself. And that is what I think based on the conversation you and I had, that's what drew you to this field. And although, right, and although the trauma that you experienced is something that you may be triggered by when you're working with clients, the flip side is that goes really deep, the passion for wanting to help other people who are survivors as well.
1: A hundred percent. And it allows me to be able to imagine what my client may be thinking or feeling. Obviously, no two people are alike, no two experiences of sexual trauma are alike, but it gives me sort of a starting point to think about how might my client react if I know I need to give them certain news or I need to have a certain conversation with them. It allows me to have that connection point in my head to start off that conversation and yes for me it is what caused me to want to do this work it is what caused me to want to be an attorney and i think that having something like that that drives you will get you through the good times and the bad times and will help when you are feeling burned out and exhausted compassion fatigue all of it i think that that will get you through
0: thank you so much so The upside of all of this for you, Samantha, what is the best part of being a lawyer
1: in this space? The best part is my clients. The best part is the relationships I can form with them, watching them grow as we work together, for many of them, watching them find their voice that may have been stifled for quite some time. And knowing that I am able to help them navigate a system that is very difficult and overwhelming and and feeling like I was able to make a difference to someone. I think that when a client tells me that From working with me, they felt listened to, they felt believed and acknowledged and supported. To me, that's the big win. And of course, if I can get them an actual case win, that's the goal. But the relationships and the interactions I have with my clients are far and away the best part of my job.
0: And now you've already alluded to some of the parts that suck. What is the part <laughs> of your current job, and I'm sure the list is very long, that sucks the most, Samantha?
1: I think it's needing to work within a system that is inherently unfair. I think that the legal system is so confusing and convoluted for individuals. I think so many parts of it are biased against survivors and survivors are fighting such an uphill battle. And as much as I strive to help people, I am working within this system. I can't just snap my fingers and have the law work differently. And so needing to sometimes say to a client, I believe you, I hear you, but is the worst part of my job. That that butt that is there is the is the worst part.
0: Mm, yeah, I can totally imagine there are days that you can empathize with people <laughs> who might want to go and oh do things that would break the law. Let's say, <laughs> 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 all right, <laughs> three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice? you've ever gotten?
1: I think the best career I got, I would almost say it was life advice, but I think about it a lot in my career. And it was from my mom, actually. And she, when I was, I think it was when I was graduating law school, or I was in law school and figuring out what I was going to do next. And I was very worried. It felt like I was making this big decision that, you know, would decide my career forever and ever and ever. And she told me that there's no decision you can ever make aside from the decision to raise a child that is a permanent decision. Everything else, you could change your mind. And it's completely true. You are not choosing your forever career. You can always either purposefully choose to change your career or sometimes you just end up somewhere else. And that's been so helpful to me as I navigate my career to think to myself, well, I can always try that. And if I don't like it, or I'm not good at it, or whatever it might be, I can try something else. And it's not forever. And it's not permanent. And it's okay to take paths that maybe you have to turn around and and go back the other direction. Maybe you won't turn around, you'll just make another turn. But It's going to be okay because none of it is permanent.
0: A hundred percent. Could not agree more. And I love the way that you put that. You're not choosing your forever career because I think so many of us, when we're just starting out, we think because that's just the way people have talked about careers in our At least here in the United States, who knows what it's like in many countries around the world that it's like it's implied like your career. It's not plural, but it is plural. Mm -hmm. It is. It's like this is what you're doing now. You may well pivot to another career. And it may not be obvious to you until your priorities in your life change or until you're exposed to another career. And in fact, that career may not even exist yet. And when it does, you're like, whoa, oh, my God, I would love to do that. So fantastic advice, Samantha. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu or other streaming shows or books, do you think accurately depict this profession?
1: Honestly, I don't think any of them do. I think that, you know, I was, I was thinking about this and so many movies and books sort of, first of all, I think glamorize the profession, which is probably true about any, any, industry when when they're featured in a film or a television show but also it's rare to find movies that focus on this type this part of the law i think we see a lot of movies and television shows about big corporate firms and attorneys and we see movies about we see a lot of courtroom dramas and things like that and It's all very different from the day-to-day work and the actual reality of the job. So I'm not sure that any of them have really got it right. (laughs) I was just
0: thinking, what is that show? You know, they've got all those spinoffs, bump, bump, (laughs) with the bump, bump. Is it new? SVU. Yes, 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 yes. Have you, first of all, have you ever watched any of them? Absolutely. Yeah. And do you think any of them might provide a window into
1: what you do? I think there are moments, right? I think there are moments in some of these movies and television shows where you're watching them and you go, ah, that's what it's like. That, mm. That's what it's like. And I think, for example, with SVU, there are times when I watch the you know, that, that show more focuses on the, the police side of it. Yeah. But when I watch them interacting with a survivor and when you see how survivors are so different and respond differently to trauma and to their experiences and some want to bring their case to court and want to, you know, have their voice heard and all of that and some want nothing to do with the process I think that reality is is correct. I think that watching, you know, you see in those shows burnout and compassion fatigue and how this can sometimes be vicariously traumatic and and all of those things. So I think there are definitely elements to these shows that show a hint of the day to day while, while also being sort of fantastical versions of what this would be like.
0: Got it. Fair enough. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession, Samantha?
1: So I'm going to take this one a little broader and say about the legal profession in general. I think that most people would be surprised at how one has to be empathetic and flexible. How so much of what we do at times feels almost like therapy. I think that Many people have this idea that lawyers are heartless and transactional people and they just go through, you know, they, they consult their legal books and the law tells them what to do and that's what they do. And I think you need to be the opposite to do this job well. You have to be willing to let your client help shape the direction of the case. I believe that my clients are... This is their story. This is their experience. this is their life. And so I let them guide me in, in what we're trying to do and how we're going to try to do it. And so I think that's what th- people think of when they think of lawyers. And yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that speaks to the very beginning of our discussion when I asked you about a useful hard and soft skill, and you were talking about the importance of empathy of course, soft skill and the ability to listen and really be a good listener. We should let our listeners know we're doing this interview. I think you're in New Jersey. And clearly that was like, was that like a garbage truck that was backing up (laughs) during your
1: answer? Garbage truck or a what? But there's definitely someone backing up outside (laughs) the window. Okay. (laughs) Samantha, I want to... (laughs)
0: I want to thank you so much, first of all, for the work that you're doing and also for sharing how our young listeners who may feel equally passionate about this subject and have the fortitude to dive into it in a professional sense, learn how to do that. And thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T for C community. This was a really interesting conversation.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T for C.